This is the Only in Miami show, sponsored by Morningside Mortgage Corporation of Bay Harbor Islands. Tonight's show is hosted by Grant Stern. Find out more about our sponsor at www.morningsidemortgage.com. That's www.morningsidemortgage.com. This is the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlyinmiamiradio.com. News, politics, culture, and more. Check it out at onlyinmiamiradio.com. And we are live tonight. You've got to stay tuned because we have two compelling interviews this evening. One with a candidate that we have endorsed on the Only in Miami show. His name is Jason Pizzo. He is running for Florida's 38th Senate District, the state Senate. He is running against perhaps Florida's most corrupt politician, Daphne Campbell. We're going to have Jason Pizzo live on the program after the first break. And we've got Annabelle Lima Taub live in studio with us this evening to discuss the incident that gripped the Internet last week because the acting mayor of Hallandale is something of a wild man and insulted her on the dais. But Annabelle Lima Taub, who has been fighting corruption in Hallandale Beach uh, for quite some time, is live in studio to tell us about her Me Too incident with this acting mayor and about the terrible behavior going on in her city that is preventing anybody from even touching the issues of politics and spending most of their time fighting the personalities in the political offices. But this is the part of the program we get, where I get a few minutes to speak directly with you, the listening audience, about issues of importance that impact us citywide and sometimes beyond. And today I wanted to remind everybody that early voting has begun. So you don't need to go to your polling place. You actually need to go to the Miami-Dade election site, and you need to find the early voting place that is closest to you. If you're not sure, if you take the Metro Rail, you can always use Government Center. Government Center has an early polling place. I personally went there this past week, dropped off my vote, and it took about 10 minutes total from start to finish. It's not a complicated ballot. And if you do live in the city of Miami, I do advise you to vote no on the Jungle Island referendum. That being said, I'd like to share some of the endorsements again, which I broadcast on the show for the first time last night. We do not do a lot of endorsements on the Only in Miami show for the reason that there are not a lot of people that we wish to endorse. And we must speak with them. We must vet them carefully. We only endorse candidates that have been spoken with on the program, off the program, but are going to come on the program or have extremely, extremely good track records. So if you're in Miami-Dade in Commission District 6, we endorsed Marine Vargas against Rebecca Sosa. Her election is final. The final election is on August 28th. So if you're voting early, this is your only chance to vote for your county commissioner for the next four years. The same thing with Jason Pizzo in Senate District 38. And that is also a final election. There will not be any further election for Senate District 38. There are only two candidates and Jason Pizzo is the only one to choose. Also, there are 
some endorsements in other races. <clears throat> For example, House District 103, we endorsed Cindy Polo in the primary. And over the weekend, there were some extremely dirty tricks. I wrote about it on my blog. It has actually gotten a lot of reads. Her GOP-backed opponent is uh, running in the Democratic primary. Uh, we call him a, a dino, a Democrat in name only, sadly. And he is out there spreading misinformation about Cindy Polo. Cindy Polo has been endorsed because she has been vetted. She is a very good candidate. And Keone McGee, the House Minority Leader, also is behind her campaign. Also in House District 113 in the primary, it's a very crowded field with Cubs Lal Chandani, who we have endorsed. And we strongly recommend. He's an attorney. He has a background in hospitality and graduated from the uh, Colgate Hospitality School, which is the top hospitality school in the country. Uh, and FIU is the number two one. And that's a very important industry for Little Havana, for Miami Beach, for that district to replace David Richardson, who is an outstandingly qualified candidate that is running for Florida's 27th U.S. Congressional District. And Matt Hagman is another outstandingly qualified candidate for U.S. 27. That is the congressional district, the easternmost one, covering Coconut Grove, covering a lot of the city of Miami, downtown Miami, Brickell, Pinecrest, uh, even parts of uh, Palmetto Bay and Cutler Bay. And that is a very, very crowded race. And we just have to say one thing. That thing is do not vote for Donna Shalala. If you've been listening to this program, we have exposed her over and over and over and over again. And I suggest you go on to Twitter or go on to Facebook. I've been sharing little documentaries about what Donna Shalala has been doing with her time since she left office with the Clinton administration and before she joined this race. So, again, you know, I've given you the endorsements. We have the unendorsement the disendorsement of Donna Shalala. And again, do not vote for Philip Levine. The Miami Herald editorial board has perhaps lost its mind. They endorsed Philip Levine, a man who threatened to sue the newspaper for reporting facts about climate change based on science. And the Miami Herald editorial board endorsed a Republican candidate who believes in aliens. Let that sink in, people. The Miami Herald editorial board endorsed a Republican who believes in aliens. And I'm talking like, not like casually. I'm talking like very seriously. It's on Univision. Um, it, it just makes me wonder what's going on over there. But these are two candidates, uh, Donna Shalala and Philip Levine, that I strongly disendorse. If you're listening to this program, go out and vote early, but don't vote for those two. Vote for people like Jason Pizzo, like Cubs Lal Chandani, like Cindy Polo, like Marine Vargas. They're all outstanding candidates. They need your vote, and we need your vote this year. Everybody needs to get out there and punch the heck out of those polls. Punch them until you can't punch them anymore, okay? Which means vote once until November. And we'll be right back. This is the Only in Miami show. Bump the tweeters and the speakers, turn the baseline up. If you're dosing, what's your potion? It's swelling up your emotions. Roller coasting, dance promotion. She's ego tripping, you're boasting. Focus, 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 focus. Bottom down, you're cute, she's fine. You're halfway there with a spit of your rhyme. You can fake it till you make it, like a wish on a saw. Put your hands in the air, cause you know who you 
Welcome back. This is the Only in Miami show. And I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlymiamiradio.com. News, politics, culture, and more. Check it out at onlymiamiradio.com. And we are back live with Jason Pizzo. He is the Democratic candidate for Florida's 38th state Senate seat. Jason, thank you so much for joining me on the program again. Grant, thanks for having me, man. So, Jason, tell our audience a little bit about yourself and what inspired you to run for Florida's state Senate in District 38, which covers the easternmost parts of Miami, Miami Beach, downtown Miami, all the way up from Overtown to Aventura and everything east of there. Grant, I'm a father of two, two, a former prosecutor with the state attorney's office and uh, an attorney, obviously. The 15 cities that make up District 38 include parts of uh, unincorporated day, but they also include the 15 cities of Aventura from Golden Beach all the way down to South Beach across 395, uh, parts of, uh, of city of Miami's Little Haiti, Overtown, Little and, uh, and Liberty City. The reason why I'm running is because, quite honestly, our legislative representation in Tallahassee as it relates to the most critical issues in our district is non-existent, uh, non-existent to the point where it's actually detracting and deterring our ability to get anything done. Whether it's climate change and environmental, whether it's uh, gun violence, affordable housing, nothing is getting done. Well, let's talk about education. Your opponent walked out of the Senate during a key vote allowing an anti-union pro-charter school bill to pass in the Florida Senate when it would not have otherwise passed. What's your position on HB 7055, the Florida bill that changed the way that education is funded in this state? It's true. Senator Daphne Campbell got up and walked out, uh, told some people she had to go to the bathroom, other people she was cold and needed a sweater. Really what it does, it, it allowed a bill to pass that's going to decertify the union, restrict the, abil- restrict the ability of the teachers' union to collectively bargain. It's obviously compounded by the Janus decision of the Supreme Court, and it's really weak. I've been telling people the entire campaign, you know, t- don't just vote for a candidate because they show you that they voted for something or voted against something as a single vote. What did they do and how many did they bring to the party? How many did they bring to the vote to change a vote? It was a 20 to 17 vote. Bill Munford also voted, uh, voted uh, for it. Daphne walked out. Had she remained and had Munford done what he would, should have done, it would have been 19 to 19. We wouldn't be in the position that we're in now. Well, also, and let me point this out, the United Teachers of Dade endorsed Anna Terry Flores, who voted for that bill as well. <clears throat> so, you know, there's a lot of blame to go around on that particular vote. But let's talk about character. Um, Why should voters in District 38 choose you versus your opponent? Because I think that there are some distinct issues and distinct differences between you and your opponent when it comes to character and what you believe in as civil rights for all of the people in District 38. Grant, there is a huge difference. While I'm an impatient optimist, some of my faults include just being a little too candid and a little too honest sometimes. And what uh, my opponent throws back at me and pretends to be a lie is really just an uncomfortable truth when I call things out. It's in my nature, and it was my profession, to to prove to juries beyond a reasonable doubt uh, of any number of things, of the elements of any crime. But let me tell you this. No one's going to come out and vote just because they don't like Daphne Campbell. That doesn't inspire people. You have to inspire people to come out to vote for you, not against something. Uh, With the exception of what we're seeing in some political climates, I do think some people are so disgusted with the representation that we have, the ideology and philosophy that she espouses on a legislative floor, that we are actually going to get a couple. It's rather unique. But people have to want to come to vote for Jason Pizzo. So at its baseline, this is what they get. This is what I offer. It's real honesty. It's real candor. 
It's intelligence. It's the ability to read and understand the law and be able to draft things that will amend and change the things for the better for our district. We are the bastard stepchild down here in South Florida. While we are a huge donor revenue base for the state, we do not get the reciprocity we deserve. We do not have honest and ethical representation. You can Google, you can look at headlines in any newspaper and just casually browse any social media to see how really awful our representation is right now. Well, tell us one of the main issues that you're hearing from your constituents in Florida's 38th Senate District. We're speaking with Jason Pizzo. Jason, what, what's the top issue for people in District 38 that they need you to go up to Tallahassee to fix that your opponent has not been able to deal with? The one universal concern for everybody, rich, poor, black, white, Hispanic, west side, east side, north, south, is their life. And while it sounds rather apocalyptic, it, it's really the truth. Parents from any school district and kids living in any area, parents and, and families are concerned about, about safety. Safety is obviously the number one issue. And I would, I would challenge anybody else that's running for office or in office that nobody is more intimately directly involved as a former prosecutor who handled shootings of juveniles, especially in areas of Liberty City and Overtown. Nobody is better equipped to understand, appreciate, and what, from what I've gleaned, be able to legislate based on what, what a necessary uh, remedy are, uh, remedies are. Uh, on top of that, you have to understand and appreciate that our district is so very diverse, the most, uh, most diverse district in the state, uh, demographically and economically probably in the country. So while you have places like Indian Creek with $50 million homes that are worried about sea level rise and saturation, the water table rising, we have 92,000 residences and commercial businesses in Miami-Dade that are still on septic. And as the water table rises, true sea level rise, and starts to begin to touch the septic fields, we're going to have massive retail and assessed value losses. That's a huge issue, by the way. That's a huge issue because if people are not on county sewers and their septic tank is overwhelmed, then their house pretty much becomes unlivable. It not only does it become uninhabitable, but the potable water supplies, you know, the aquifers that are running below the septic tanks, as the water table rises and percolates in the subsurface up to the septic fields, you can wipe out the value of an, of an entire neighborhood, of an, of an, of an entire region. It, it's, it's very scary, and it's been – we have – we are suffering from, on many levels, whether it's education, infrastructure, uh, other environmental issues, affordable housing, just across the board, all of our social ills are suffering from what I would call deferred maintenance. Deferred maintenance both in investment and deferred maintenance especially from, from the capital. That's a great real estate term. It means not fi- if it's broke, don't fix it. It is. We're, we're, we're basically running our region like slumlords, where we're just trying to soak every value that we possibly can out out of it for revenue for the state, but they're not, you know, deferred maintenance on a home would be not repairing your roof or not repairing, you know, uh, utility lines and things like that, not, not the upkeep and the maintenance of it. And we don't get that. And what we have right now is a state senator who's caught on video taking wads of cash, getting FPL special treatment for her own home. I mean, it's, it's really, it's despicable. Well, she's not deferring any maintenance for herself. We know that. <laughs> so let's talk about some of the other issues that are facing uh, your district in particular. I mean, there's sea level rise. It's a coastal district, um, uh, you know, with how many dozens of miles of coastline? I mean, it's it's actually got three 80, coastlines, right? Our, our yeah, well, yeah, well, our county has, I believe, it's 84 miles of coastline total. So if we have Golden Beach down to South Beach, you know, we have at least a third, if not, uh, yeah, probably about, about a third of, the, of that area. So we have at least, you know, probably more than a third, probably 30 plus miles of coastline. 
So let's talk about one of the other issues that affects Tallahassee in particular, because uh, the state re regulates for-profit education. Uh, if you were elected to, to be in the state Senate, what would you do to regulate for-profit adult education, the, the for-profit colleges? You know, I, I have a bit of a, I'm a little weary of, of, uh, of anything that mixes for-profit and with education. Um, it's it just not in, my, not in my nature to, at first blush, to be comfortable with. And I'll tell you why. Education is one of those things that, for, to some extent, has to be a bit of a lost leader when it comes to the bottom line. And you can't do a P&L statement uh, always when it comes to, to education. Uh, Grant, I was born and raised in New Jersey, where we spend 40 cents on the dollar of the state budget on education. Florida spends 23 cents on the dollar. You simply can't. I can tell you that my nieces and nephews, as similarly situated at a public school in New Jersey, just have far more resources and, and more access to whether it's software or instruments, uh, the instrumentality of education than the kids do in Miami-Dade County. Well, how so much, how much do, hold on, how much does the state give for each student in Miami-Dade County? Uh, we're at about, I, I believe the last told number was $7,408. And places like New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, they're upwards of twenty twenty one thousand. So you can have, I have identical twin boys. If one decided to, to live in New Jersey, he would be getting, you know, 150% of, of the value of education more than they get in Florida. Right. And, and doesn't that affect not just, I mean, when you have these, these limited budgets, it's like there's not money for capital improvements, but there's also not enough money for teachers, like to pay and retain the best educated teachers and the best teachers that we can have for our students. Isn't that right? We cannot. And, and you are correct is the short answer. And it is so applicable across a number of other, what I would call public service and service oriented positions. You know, I remember telling you a couple of years ago, Miami is, is doesn't have many manufacturing production jobs. We're, we're typically service, whether you're a radio broadcaster, a mortgage broker, a bartender, a teacher, a lawyer, a doctor, these are services that are being performed. I myself, as a prosecutor for the state attorney's office, in 2011, the starting salary was $38,000. How do you expect to recruit and retain top talent in any industry, in any service area, when you have young graduates coming in with a quarter million dollars in student loan debt being told they're making 38000 coupled with the idea that loan forgiveness doesn't start for 10 years? I mean, how do you expect to compete? And yes, we spend $0.87 cents on the dollar right now on on salaries for teachers, which which are woefully low anyway, which, leave, which leaves 13 cents for books and supplies. That is not so, a lot of money. <laughs> not only is it not a lot of money, it's just a, we're not triage, triaging our priorities. So let me tell you where I am on the charter school idea as it relates to finances. Uh, you know, it's kind of a race to the bottom. It's a race out the door. Grant, I would, I would challenge you to look at and ask the school board for some of the capacities of our larger schools to see that some of our high schools are only at 40 or 50 percent capacity. So the argument always is, well, you know, uh, you know, 90 percent of our students are our school age children are in public schools, 10 percent are in private and alternative and, and what have you. But there's this concern that if we really just beef up public schools and the kids came back to public schools, we wouldn't be able to accommodate. It's not true. Number one. Number two, I don't know where the direction of the majority of the, the House of Representatives is still a Republican majority. The Senate is still, we're getting closer to, to flipping it or at least being having an equalizer. But for the time being, I don't know that those programs and systems are going anywhere. But I will tell you this. School funding per student has to go up. And if some percentage of that is being doled out to other areas, that, that's one thing. But first things first. For the 90% of school-age children in public school, they need more funding. 
And that means every student needs more funding. It's a happy problem to have to work out later on if we get the 10% back or if there's some matriculation back and forth. But $7,000 is not enough to teach our kids. So it's Jason, not enough to teach mine. And I don't mean to be selfish, but that's the truth. So Jason, tell our audience, where can they take this conversation onto the internet after the program? And where can they find your website if they want to find out more about your campaign, which they can vote for right now because early voting is open. Early, early voting is open until, uh, until Sunday. Then Monday we have off and the 28th is the actual election day in Miami Dade County. Two thirds of the voting occurs during early voting and absentee ballots. So please get out and vote. My name is Jason Pizzo, P-I-Z-Z-O, so it's jasonpizzo.com. Um, easy to get a hold of. I'm Jason Pizzo on Facebook. Uh, and I, I thank you so much, Grant, for the time to be able to talk to the voters and, and get out and punch 91. My ballot number is number 91. Well, Jason, again, thank you so much for coming on the program. And we'll be right back. This is the Only in Miami show. All right, so we're going to hype it up a little bit. Underdogs, underestimated, or counted out. But Donna Shalala wants to make sure every child gets a great education. As University of Miami president, she increased scholarships. By selling an endangered forest that the university owned to Walmart and Chick-fil-A. I stand by the decision. We what did we do with the money? We took the money and we used it for student scholarships at the university. And vocational and skills training. But that was how she planned to pay for those scholarships. What is she going to plan if she's elected to Congress? work to make college more affordable. I'm Donna Shalala, and I... Uh, would I do it again? Uh, I can't, uh, you know, at the time, that's what we did. Welcome back. This is the Only in Miami show. And I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlymiamiradio.com. News, politics, culture, and more. Check it out at onlymiamiradio.com. And we are back live with Annabelle Lima Taub. She is a city commissioner in Hallandale Beach, Florida, which is just north of the city of Miami in South Broward. Annabelle, thank you so much for joining me on the program tonight. Thank you so much for having me. It is my distinct pleasure. I wanted to bring you on the program to discuss a few things. The incident that happened last week that made the Miami Herald with uh, Hallandale Beach's mayor. We're going to get to that first. Uh, but also, we, we want to go over like what's going on in Hallandale Beach in general because 
It has been um, interesting, <laughs> to say the least. To say the least, yes. So, Annabelle, tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Sure. And, and about when you started being a commissioner for Hallandale Beach, uh, you know. Sure. So, uh, I am a uh, real estate broker by day and a huge animal lover and advocate. And uh, I got into this crazy thing of politics uh, two years ago when um, I thought idealistically that I could fight corruption. And I had no idea that when I teamed up with Michelle Lazaro and Keith London that um, I was actually giving a hand to corruption. So while I have this opportunity, allow me to apologize to the residents of Hallandale for any part I had um, in uh, Lazaro's uh, election. Um, but I am, uh, I am uh, eyes I'm, open uh, now. Uh, I, eyes open were the eyes were open. I, I think my first meeting, um, and I have been, uh, contrite since last year and I have been trying to expose it, but, uh, it's not until we gained, unfortunately, fortunately and uh, an unfortunately international, um, exposure last year so it wasn't just the Miami Herald I mean it, it went all over and people from Russia and, and the UK Huffington Post did a great um, story so while uh, while we're discussing public safety um, issues and the deficiency that we have within the city and we don't have enough firefighters and I'm, I am a supporter of public safety um, uh, there's a backstory basically Keith London who is appointed mayor um, by uh, Michelle Lazaro, nonetheless, um, after the um, Mayor Cooper was uh, removed Arrested. Uh, from office. I don't, you know, I don't want to comment on that. because well, she it, was arrested. It, it's going to take away, yeah. you know, I, I never have a chance to speak about the corruption right now. And so I don't want to focus on, on Joy Cooper. I want to focus well, on, that's the on old Keith Linden. corruption. Right. You know what? I think the real corruption and the cancer of the city is is Keith London. He has um, he has cronies that um, that he does favors for, and who run his campaigns. Um, I think the most corrupt person in our city is is Keith London, and um, he has a history of abusing people. And the incident that took place last last week was me coming in defense uh, of a. 30 plus year firefighter veteran who's older than Keith London. I was raised in a home where you respect your elders. And um, the backstory is, is that this man, incredible man named Jim Bunce. And uh, if anyone that respects uh, public servants, please, please go on my Facebook page and give Jim Bunce uh, some moral support. Uh, his morale is very low right now. In any event, uh, a couple of days before our meeting last week, uh, Keith London demanded uh, that Keith, uh, that um, Jim Bunce come out with the endorsements for himself and his candidates, uh, Butler, um, Mike Butler and Daly, and told him, F-U-F-U-U-S-O-B. Um, he gets away with that behavior. If you look up Google and you look up Channel 7 News last year, there was an African-American man that was uh, working at our fire station, and um, it's made news last week, uh, last year. And Keith London asked him if he likes to 
<laughs> suck on men's genitals. Yes, thank you. <laughs> For, I wasn't comfortable saying it on the air, but um, don't well, worry, you can say that on the radio. Uh, I'm looking at the booth; they didn't censor it at all. Awesome. Okay, great. So uh, he has a history of abusing people, and there's a culture, there's an accepted culture of corruption. But well, let me just say yes. this. Yes. Let me just say this, and this is something that I think needs to be said, which is that verbal abuse is abuse absolutely I, I mean people say ah oh, you know he said this he said that suck it up but no. when when somebody is going out there words have power if they didn't have power nobody would be listening to us tonight correct correct which is why i'd like to really thank you for for giving me this platform because i have been for well, i haven't been in, in office for two years but since january of 2017 i've really tried to bring a voice to what's going on in our city there's uh, sexual harassment is um rampant in our city let's um, talk about that tell us about some of the other incidents so um like th there is a wonderful young lady a latina that um worked for our cra department and um keith london's buddy who he brought in a city manager if you look him up he has a terrible history as a city manager in uh, Dade County, Miami Beach. His name's Roger Carlson. Brought in his friend um, who gave pretty much Keith carte blanche to, to run the city um, as he wanted. And um, in any event, uh, Roger Carlton made some horrific uh, sexual comments about, uh, I'll just say her name, it's public record. Her EEOC complaint is public record. Her name's Lena Duran and uh, made some awful comments uh, to her about her and to me as well, um, thinking that because I was friendly at the time with Keith London and Michelle Lazaro that I would stand for it. Then uh, there was an, when I said that it's completely inappropriate, um, they tried to cover up and say that Ms. Duran was having an affair with one of the uh, CRA attorneys and that she was signing off on invoices when I demanded from the city attorney, who I think did a terrible job, um, and I demanded that I see those invoices. Guess what? Those invoices don't exist. Wow. Yeah. So, so this is basically a straight frame job. They made up some fake news about this person, some lies. Yes. Um, and then tried I was expected to, to go along with it, and I didn't. And, and so that set you up for retaliation. No, no retaliations. Maybe we are our, our uh, understanding of the word retaliation is uh, no, not retaliation. Justice. Um, clearing someone's name, uh, a wonderful young lady who's a Latina and has a Spanish accent. They made her take uh, an accent class. My mom is from the Czech Republic. She sounds like, uh, uh, you know, uh, Ivana Trump. She has a very, very heavy accent. I can't imagine if anyone uh, made her go to an accent class. Um, so, no, it's not retaliation. It's doing the right thing and standing up for, for women um, and standing up for a particularly a very uh, professional, well-versed woman who took a lot of abuse, and there were rumors. Well, I'm saying they're yeah. retaliating because oh, you guys are standing I'm misunderstood. up. You're yes. not retaliating. Oh yes, yes, yeah. Sorry. See, okay, yes, yeah, yeah. Sorry, See, I misunderstood. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm like, well, yeah, no, that's not retaliation. <laughs> yes. That is called being ass asserting your rights as a human being. Absolutely, woman, but, but woman when, to woman, person to person. I would have done it for all genders, as I did last last week. Um, Jim Bunce, when, when you have a sitting mayor who's gotten away with so much abuse and so much corruption, and he sits at a, at a budget meeting when we're discussing a $140 million budget and the residents are begging to come up and speak, and he embarrasses this, the, um, the uh, 
firefighter and president of the, of the union and calls him simple-minded. And I came to his defense and said, you cannot call him simple-minded. And he said, I just did. And so I brought up to him that um, the state, what you, the mic was off, so you couldn't hear me. But I said to him, you know, the state attorney's office, there is a transcript that just came out in which you called a former colleague of ours, a migrant worker, and the state attorney was uh, peed off at you and said, well, what do you do for a living? And did you, do you even have a college education? And that's, that's where you didn't hear the part about me saying the state attorney's office. So of course I questioned him about, he just graduated high school. He doesn't have, you know, he's, uh, you know, a, a tree cutter. He did this, he did that, um, but doesn't really have a job and uses uh, Hallandale to line his pockets and that of his cronies. So uh, of course I was going to stand up. It's, it's not just about women. It's, it's for humans, for people. Uh, I am a people person. Well, I mean, this is abuse that even a dog doesn't deserve, but it's being inflicted on people in Hallandale Beach, from what you're telling me. It's rampant. It's rampant. rampant. It's it it uh, it's rampant. But see, I I uh, I financially I can take care of myself. Um, we have a lot of employees that really live paycheck to paycheck, so they're dependent on their jobs. Um, right. So, I mean, it's like these people are taking advantage of these employees of the city. Uh, absolutely. These these city officials who absolutely. are, you know, they're taking out their frustrations or their psychological needs to to be cruel, I guess. No, what they're doing is deflecting um, and and trying to um, scare people, intimidate them into silence, because if you follow the money and everything at the end of the day, with some of my uh, colleagues, uh, particularly Keith London, uh, is about money, the dollar sign, and um, the quid pro quo that goes on there is, uh, it is, it is uh, nauseating to watch because I, I'm aware when lobbyists come up there, I'm aware when developers come there, and I know that there are pack, packs, and it's you know they have thousands and thousands of dollars there, and and uh, you know it's it's just. Local politics is, uh, especially in Hallandale, we are the Opalaka of Broward County. Wow. Yeah. Even worse, I would say, at this point. Well, Annabelle, let's do this. We're going to take yeah. a very short break. Great. And we'll be right back. This is the Only in Miami show. This is the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlymiamiradio.com. News, politics, culture, and more. Check it out at onlymiamiradio.com. And we are back live with Hallandale Beach City Commissioner Annabelle Lima Taub. Annabelle, thank you so much for joining me in the studio tonight. I appreciate it. No, thank you for having me. I've been waiting for this opportunity for a really long time. And uh, you know what? Thank you, Keith London, for uh, for 
for, for losing it last last week. He's coming unraveled, and if it wasn't for his disgusting comment, I wouldn't be sitting here today, and wouldn't we wouldn't uh, wouldn't have all the attention of the media, which I've been I've been uh, trying to get for a really long time. And but here we are. So thank you. Well, Annabelle, I wanted to ask you because I feel like this was underreported with this incident where they pretty much rewarded the mayor with a lot of negative attention, of course. Mm -hmm. But uh, you said that there was an incident where the mayor sexually harassed you off the dais. And I feel like that hasn't gotten the kind of coverage that it deserves. What happened? Um, he, on several occasions, I'm not a small girl and I'm half Spanish, so I have a backside and, uh, he felt very comfortable, um, tapping, grabbing my, my, putting my, your hand, his hand on, on my, my your posterior, my posterior. There you go. Yes. Without um, permission. Uh, of course, without permission. I, I, I have a, I have a very handsome husband and at the time, um, was my uh, fiance, my boyfriend, uh, the only one that I'd want to do that would be uh, my my husband. So, yeah, no. Did, no. did it happen once, more than once? No, it happened. Uh, it happened several times, and he's gone around, done that in the city. Um, he does that to um, Michelle Lazaro. She enjoys it, but that doesn't mean that I enjoy it. Um, and um, my husband finally stepped in, and I, I, I think as women, um, sometimes we might be shy, and. Um, and I said to him, you know, enough's enough. Don't, you know, enough's enough. It's not a joke. Like, I, I just don't think it's it's funny anymore. Um, well, it's not a joke the first time. It's 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 not. But I, I think um, I think perhaps I should have been tougher with him. Um, but I did uh, after a few times. I would say, OK, it's not funny anymore. Because whenever I would say to him, stop, he would think that I I wanted more. Um, and yeah, he, he is a well, narcissist. That, I mean, that yeah. is, that is sexual harassment. That is what sexual abusers do. Um, you know, they, I, I, mean, I they am a survivor. People. I'm a survivor of, uh, sexual abuse and, um, I don't like men, uh, touching me, but I think also because psychologically, um, a lot of survivors of, of sexual abuse kind of, um, internalize everything and, and, um, uh, you know, um, those that victimize us, um, it's, it's, it's kind of a natural, um, defense mechanism, de defense mechanism to, to just go in internalize it and, and not speak about it. Um, and, and I think while his, his comments last week, uh, were incredibly, um, offensive, um, I, I couldn't figure out why I was, why I was so upset. And, um, I think it just brought up the trauma of of what I went through as um, as a young girl, and I don't know if you know who Senator Lauren Book is, but um, I do. She is. She just uh, put out a statement yesterday, and was very very thankful. Um, her, um, you know, she has her own story, and and she that's has right, a, Lauren's law. That's right, and uh, I admire her, and I admire her strength, and she's really the only um, uh, elected official um, that had the. Um, <laughs> sure, you can say Cojones. <laughs> Cojones, yes. She's the only one. The other one sent me, oh, this is terrible. This is terrible. And I said, you should speak about it publicly. And, and they were afraid to. So uh, good for you, Lauren Book. And thank you so very much. Um, well, um, it's very difficult to speak about this in public. It is. No, I, uh, 
I'm happy it happened if that if that and I'll tell you why because I'm here sitting with you and I have a chance to talk to you about Keith London I have a chance to talk to you about Evan Ross I have a chance to talk to you about the corruption in our city I have a chance to stand up for the Lena Durans we have other Lena Durans in our city and I have a chance to to speak about it um, and not have the um, intimidation tactics. And again, I think our city attorney failed miserably. Um, and, and last week, uh, both Michelle Lazaro and, and Lena, and, and I'm sorry, uh, our city attorney were uh, bouncing off of each other that, oh, well, if there's sexual harassment, you should come and feel comfortable to uh, file an HR complaint. BS on that one, um, because I heard when Lena Durant, uh, Durant had her interview last um, last year, uh, the city attorney uh, raised her voice at her. Um, the HR director is afraid of his own shadow, so I, I won't talk about him. But, but, um, and I, I confronted the city attorney, and she said, "Oh, I'm Cuban," and and would get loud. And I said, "That's that's not appropriate." And if if you're talking to her like this, then how are we going to? Uh, how are other f- women going to feel comfortable about coming forward? So I know of other women, but I've given them my word that I would not out them until they were ready. Um, to talk about it. And well, I don't want you to out them. I but, won't. But I how won't. many other women are there in Hallandale Beach? I'm afraid that if I give the number, that the 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 people. I that mean, a range. Is it more than three? More yes. Than f- yes. More than three. More than three. Um, and Is I don't want less than twenty. Oh yes, it's that I know of. Yes, yes, less less than twenty. But one, let's say one too many. It's definitely more than one. But I. Because the perpetrators, the ones that did it, if I gave the number, I think they could figure it out. And um, Keith London has continuously retaliated against people. Look at what he did to me and what he does to a 30-year veteran. Um, the retaliation is um, awful and what goes on in our city. I don't want to out this these ladies. but um, No, no, no. That's not yeah, the idea. Yeah. But, I, I know what we, that's not the idea. But we want to out the situation. Yes. Okay. I mean, um, people need to know that this is happening in yes, Hallandale Beach's yes. city government. Uh, let's let's I'll feel comfortable in telling you with five five women that I know of. Wow. Um, yeah. And um, and and like I said, I mean, it's it's not just the women. It's you know when you have an African American man who was incarcerated in his twenties, but I think he's in his late fifties, um, trying to turn his life around and ask you know having the uh, you know it was all over the news and and this is what Keith London does and he gets away with it, and the fact that none of the developers or the vendors. Um, took back and said, you know what, we're going to take back our, our campaign contributions, thousands and thousands of dollars. That speak, speaks volumes to the fact that um, Michael Butler and um, Rich Daly, my fellow uh, colleagues, one of them was uh, uh, appointed while breaking sunshine, <laughs> oh, wow. nonetheless, um, Rich Daly, and also brought in by, by Evan Ross, they're a whole great uh, group over there. Um, neither one of them had the uh, cojones, as you said, to speak up. And so last Wednesday, this hap- this incident happened last Monday on the 13th. And the second right. incident happened on the 15th when the media was there. And Keith London pr- proceeded to call me a liar and repeated the same offensive words, um, which only Doug that's when I really got upset. I walked off the dais and I was upset and I, and I called him a pervert. Um, but I also spoke to, to uh, and I said to Dally and to Butler, speak up, say something. I know he's your friend. I know he's your crony. But why don't you uh, speak up to Mr. Bunce and tell him that it's inappropriate to call someone simple-minded? I, I had um, police officers that, that contacted me um, via a friend 
um, and said, I have a son who's autistic. I have a son and people, you know, I have a, a daughter who's um, has some mental challenges and uh, people refer to them as simple minded. So it's a. It's well, like I said, words have power. Absolutely. They do. Absolutely. Well, on that note. Yes. Let's take a short break. Okay. Okay. And we'll be right back. This is the Only in Miami show. Welcome back. This is the Only in Miami show. And I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlymiamiradio.com. News, politics, culture, and more. Check it out at onlymiamiradio.com. And we are back live with Hallandale, uh, Hallandale Beach City Commissioner Annabelle Lima Taub. Annabelle, thank you so much for joining me on the program tonight. Thank you for having me. So before the show, we talked about some of the issues facing Hallandale Beach Besides the circus of personality problems, mm -hmm. what are some of the issues that you're not getting to discuss at the city meetings because of all of these other issues? What are some of the most important issues for your constituents in Hallandale Beach? Public safety. Um, and that's, I, I ran um, because um, the area that I lived in at the time, I moved to the other side of town when I got married recently, um, but it's rampant with crime. Our police force is, is not supported. Um, London actually humiliates them. But if, if you put London aside for a moment, um, we don't have enough firefighters. So okay. usually Miami-Dade, if you have a fire truck, you have four firefighters. Right. We only have two. Oh, wow. And uh, and uh, London and, and Roger Carlton, city manager who just quit because they had a rift two weeks ago. Um, and we gave him hush money, by the way. Oh, uh, lovely. Yeah, lovely. We The uh, fellow commissioners, I did not vote it on a severance pay for him because London's afraid that, you know, you know that Roger Carlson was going to spill the beans. Um, so, it sounds like you should pay him to just spill the beans. Um, that would be a better You know what? I'll, let, I'll let the authorities uh, do do that. Um, I'm I'm really here because I, I, I care about the uh, residents. Oh, sure. And uh, I'm their only voice uh, at the moment, specifically the underprivileged. Um, in any event, let's go back to public safety. Um, we are, um, we need more firefighters. We need more police officers. Um, their pensions are, um, are being threatened year to year. 
Um, Keith London wants to privatize the sanitation department. Um, let's Hasn't that been a big issue in Hallandale Beach for a long time? The sewage, there's like a sewage treatment plant? No, or, it's not the no. sewage. It's it's the actual public works, like the, the, okay. the gentlemen that go and pick up our trash. Oh. Because if, if we privatize it, then who's going to get kickbacks for it? Um, and, you know, if our pensions are, are invested in, a, let's say, Company A, okay, I don't want to name right. any names, but Company A, and Company B comes in and, and takes those pension investments over. Um, there's a huge kickback price or a finder's fee. So usually if you follow the money, that's usually the, the motivating factor to what's going on in our city. But this Amazing th- how that works. It's so disgusting and so nauseating. And, um, you know, my family and friends and actually had a, a really good friend of mine that was crying on Saturday night. And she said, Annabelle, that you, you have to get out. This is not good for your health. Um, I had... Um, beginning of cervical cancer in 2016 I've had health issues um and you know everyone's kind of worried that it's it's taking a toll on me and um absolutely but I'm in it and like I said to my friend Jamie Jamie a shout out for you in case you're listening um like I said to her when I knocked I I knocked on doors for six months it was real grassroots efforts and I knocked on doors and if you're a resident and I'm at your door and I'm going I'm telling you that I'm going to fight for children's programs senior programs I'm going to weed out corruption and I'm going to um, um, champion for public safety because we need it and if I'm if I'm at your door and you came out and voted for me and had almost 7,000 people that voted for me or 6,900 uh, that, that's a very healthy number out of 40,000 total residents well we only men, have, women and we children 13,000 voters that come out so I I, I, I did well but I, I really think it's because uh, you know I knocked on doors but put that aside if I make you a promise and I'm at your door I have a responsibility to see that through I mean I don't take it lightly that people came out and voted um, for me and that and and so I think that I'm really the only elected uh I hate the word politician, but elected official, elected official uh, in my city in the last few years, at least that's keeping her promise. Um, I don't meet with developers. I have a really strict policy that if you want to meet with me, the city attorney or the city manager has to be present. Um, I had no faith in Roger Carlton, so I didn't meet. I didn't meet with them, but I don't meet with developers. Um, if they want a vote, they need to go uh, and, and come presented and you know on the dais. And, sure, I mean, register as a lobbyist, presented on the dais like and everybody else. Exactly. So, but I can't say the same for my cronies. Um, and so, well, for pu- the cronies on city on the the commission on the commission, saying. yes. But public safety is really why I'm here, and public safety is where this conversation started last last week. That's right. Um, and that's what I want to concentrate on. Um, if, if we have a high rise and we have many high rises, um, we have 88 buildings in total, but we have high rises on the, on the beach where seaside city, um, national standards is to have 43 firefighters. Um, if we only have, you know, three fire trucks and there are only two men per fire truck, um, and, you know, even though we have mutual aid and so forth, mutual aid takes a long, you know, in five minutes, you can have several floors, going up sure uh, mutual aid will not help if you have an elderly population living primarily in high-rise buildings exactly with a fire that goes out of control exactly i mean that will help put out this the you know you're talking about risking another grenfell fire just because of lack of firefighters how many firefighters are there total there are 101 altogether if i if i uh understand correctly but there are 74 that are actually um 
wearing the uniform. And I think we have, uh, if I'm not mistaken, 11 per shift. So we have rescue as well and ambulances. Um, and that was another thing that was proposed was taking three um, so you have three on rescue, one that drives, one that's on the phone, you know, at the hospital, and one that treats the patient. I was a medic in my 20s. So I'm, I'm the only one that's really, I think, on the day is qualified to, to speak from experience about why you need three on rescue. Um, and that was another genius proposal um, that Keith London wanted to put forward and, um, and uh, proposed that we only have three, uh, go from three medics to two medics. So I think I have a right to get this message out. I'm constantly being censored, and uh, you know they they uh, conti- they their personal attacks. What you saw last week is a norm, except the sphincter bleaching comment. Um, that one was like a new low for for him, but he can go a lot lower, and he has behind closed doors. And let me just say yes. that I've only seen one other situation like this, and what it reminds me of is what we witnessed in Miami Beach from 2015 through 17 with former mayor philip levine he was a master denigrator master insulter and he used the the bully pulpit of the mayorship a very small bully pulpit to be a very big bully and and it didn't work out there's all it does is multiply the problems and upset everybody that could fix them well keith london spent a lot of time in those years in miami beach so doesn't surprise me well you told me that he's also a lobbyist is that accurate he's or a consultant? consultant yes he's a consultant so basically if you come to my city and look this up online okay there's sure. been multiple articles uh you'll come to my city uh you'll get a contract in my city but then he'll go to dade county and he will consult for them in dade county and uh, makes his uh, his living. But again, he lines his pockets using Hallandale as his, as a stage. Well, it's unusual to have a public official who's doing business with other public bodies like that. You know, Not in Hallandale, it's not. Really? <laughs> That's the norm in Hallandale. That's the norm. And you have, you know, you have people like Evan Ross is 27, 28 year old little schmuck that he is. Um, no, he's he's he every every city that he's in. Uh, there's corruption and there, there has to be a common denominator there. Um, he runs their campaigns, meaning right now he's running uh, Butler, Daly and Keith London's campaign. Of course, they're going to owe him. So, of course, when he comes and lobbies there, he's, they're going to uh, approve his and then he gets kicked. You know, well, I mean, well, you know, it's, it's, it's legal it's, corruption is what it is. Well, you know, it's funny it's, you mention that because Paul Manafort <clears throat> is actually the person who created the, the idea that a campaign consultant or campaign operative should also be a lobbyist. Nobody had combined the two before. It's nauseating. It's absolutely nauseating. I actually made a motion um, two months ago, a little over two months ago, and I said, you know what? I make a motion that if a lobbyist, if a lobbyist is here um, and why don't we have the public know that this agenda item who the lobbyist is and how much they're making and i was really well, sure that was popular oh i was ridiculed for for being stupid and unintelligent and um stirring the fire and here i am hurling insults again so yeah and and, and so it goes now annabelle uh, where can an audience reach out 
and discuss this with you on the internet after the program if they have questions or if there are any whistleblowers out there that want to deliver information to you. Where can they reach out and contact uh, you? My cell phone is available 24-7-954-937-1006. But you can also go on my Facebook page at Annabelle Taub 18. Again, at Annabelle Taub 18. Or just put in Annabelle Taub Commissioner and you will find my page. And people can contact you there 24-7 on the page. And you can call me, they can call me 24-7-954-937-1006. Well, Annabelle, thank you so much for joining me in the program tonight. It has really been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I'd like to thank Jason Pizzo for coming on the program live. And get out there and vote, people. Early voting is now through Sunday. Please get out there and vote. We need you to vote. Get involved. Take control of your public officials by voting. Choose good ones. And we'll be back next Monday night. This is the Only in Miami show.